and welcome to Ending Physician Overwhelm. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello. I'm a family and obesity medicine physician, as well as a certified life coach for physicians. In this podcast, we talk about how the learned habits of people-pleasing, perfectionism, and a lack of boundaries show up in our lives and how they contribute to burnout, exhaustion, and overwhelm. The healthcare system is broken, my friends, but let's not wait for it to be fixed in order to feel better. Hello, you're listening to Ending Physician Overwhelm, and I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello. I'm a physician and a life coach for physicians and other professionals. In this podcast, we look at why, as physicians, we often get stuck in feelings of overwhelm, anxiety, and burnout, and how we can break out of toxic thought patterns. My hope is that each episode gives you an opportunity to heal and get more clear on how you want to show up in your life and your work. And now, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. Today, we are talking about, I just can't. And it's this little sentence that comes up in our lives so often. And I really want to break it down and think about all the ways that this pops into our brain and some new ways to approach it. Um, Because of course, when we are in burnout and frequently having this thought, I just can't, uh, it is getting in our way. It is, it is harming us. And this came to my thinking, uh, from a few different places. Um, one, my fellow parents will recognize is, you know, often when you are asking, uh, children to do something, sometimes they'll just come up and and they'll say, I can't, I can't, I can't. And sometimes that's just an unwillingness, you know, they're, you know, they're busy uh, reading a book or they're on their devices or, you know, whatever, whatever's going on. Um, (laughs) Frankly, they're probably just not willing to do whatever chore or task you're asking them to do, but it comes up not infrequently in some children, especially that they say, I can't, and they are really believing it to be true. So I think of this with my youngest child, sometimes I'm asking him to, uh, you know, do some kind of, some kind of household chore and he'll say, I can't. And he really believes that he is not capable of doing that thing. He thinks he doesn't know how he thinks, uh, you know, maybe he's not old enough that he does not have the capacity to do it. Um, and if you think about it, you know, from his perspective, if he believes that I'm asking him to do something that he's not capable of doing, um, you know, how difficult that must, that must seem to him. So another scenario where I've been thinking about this recently is, you know, kind of when we are at our absolute limit. And if you have experienced burnout, um, or, you know, a period of time where you've been really anxious or overwhelmed, um, or even steeped in frustration. And we'll talk more about that where you are just not able to do whatever you're being asked to do or being offered to do, you know, that place of, if one more thing happens, 
dot, dot, dot. And I was discussing this with a client earlier today and just thinking about, you know, really what a, what a terrible feeling place that is. And so we're going to drill down into, uh, you know, kind of both of these areas today. And I'm going to walk you through some practices that can help you get unstuck because of course, when we are frequently having thoughts of, I can't, we are essentially stuck. You know, we're, we're letting our brains believe that we truly cannot do whatever it is. And, um, you you know, it's often keeping us in a place where we're not, we're not taking action. We're not moving forward. We're not helping ourselves. And as you know, I'm all about us trying to figure out how to help ourselves. So there are easy times, of course, when we can say, I can't, and, you know, it's simply because we are not able to do what we're being asked or offered. Um, it's not compatible with our schedule. It's outside of our skill set. And in those moments, it's very easy to just say, no, I can't do that. I can't make it to that event. I, um, you know, I cannot perform brain surgery because I am not a brain surgeon. There are things that are just emotionally very, very easy and straightforward to be able to say. And I don't think that those things are harmful. You know, I guess suppose sometimes we might be stuck feeling a, a bit of guilt. Uh, you know, if we can't do something and we feel like we should be able to do that. But um, most of the times I'm thinking about those easy opportunities where it's just no simple. No, can't do it. But contrast that with when you are really believing that you can't do something. And, you know, I'm going to break this down into some different areas where this comes up, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, when it's related to a habit, when it's related to us being at our threshold capacity for handling things, and when it's really sort of bumping up against our boundaries and how all of those areas are important. So we're going to start with the habits question. And I hear this frequently, uh, certainly from patients as well as from clients. And the habits I'm going to focus on are usually those habits that we are trying to adopt, right? Those healthy habits we are trying to take on. But if you are thinking about habits that you are trying to let go of, such as, um, you know, drinking alcohol uh, too much or um, smoking cigarettes, you can just kind of flip the language and think about where this comes up for you. But It's not uncommon that a lot of people will run around with the beliefs, sometimes consciously, sometimes subconsciously, I can't exercise. I can't meditate. I can't go to bed earlier. Situations where, you know, we'd like to make a change And maybe we've tried to make a change. Maybe we've tried to make a change a lot of times. And when we have the thought, I can't over and over and over again, in relationship to that habit, we are truly going to come to a place where we believe that we cannot do that thing. Because when we have the thought over and over again, I can't exercise. I can't exercise. I can't exercise. We will believe it. We have implanted that in a neural pathway in our brain. 
And even when we try and make, you know, a new attempt against it, if we continue in, you know, that thinking pattern without really addressing the thoughts, then even if we are, you know, kind of white knuckling our way through and trying to exercise, we are often going to be bumping up against that belief again and again, I can't exercise. I can't be someone who exercises regularly. I just can't do it. And you can imagine that this, you know, is that pattern where, you know, certainly for me, there's been many, many times where I was trying to establish a regular pattern and I would exercise consistently for two days and then I would take a break for a day and then I would take a break for another day and then maybe another day. And suddenly it's been a week since I exercised, right? And there goes that thought, ah, I just can't exercise. I just can't do it. I just can't be in a regular pattern. Um, you know, this could certainly happen if you are someone who, you know, goes into it a little bit too hard and, you know, pulls a muscle or gets too sore when you exercise, or if you believe that you're too tired or you're too frustrated, you're too busy, you're too irritable. All of these little places where we're just kind of feeding that belief. I can't fill in the blank. I can't exercise. I can't meditate, whatever it is. And so if we don't work on that underlying thought, if we don't start to untangle that belief from our patterns, then we're constantly going to be bumping up against that belief. And it's not to say that some people, you know, can't break through that belief without sitting down and doing some active thought work on it, but it's certainly going to be a lot harder. So if you find yourself really struggling with this, I encourage you to really question that thought, I can't, and to start to replace it with thoughts like, how can I? What if I knew how to be someone who exercised regularly? I wonder if I could find a way to move my body more. When we invite these questions into our brain and we practice them on purpose, what happens is that we will build new neural pathways. Our brain will adopt some of those thoughts and, and start to look for evidence, look for ways that they might be true. And so we think about the thought of, you know, how can I be someone who exercises? or what if I knew how to be someone who exercised then you know, as you're doing other activities, whether you're at work or you're driving home or playing with your kids in the background, your brain is trying to figure it out. And it will often come up with a lot more creative solutions than when you're stuck sitting there thinking, I can't do that thing. So when it comes to habits, really, you know, playing with your thinking a bit there and start to get curious, how can I, what if I knew how to, and you'll find you have a lot more success than just staying with that thought and that belief. I can't and trying to white knuckle your way past it. The next situation that I want to talk about here is really thinking about those times when you are at your limit, when someone, uh, you know, maybe comes to you and they ask you, oh, can you just do this thing? Or, hey, we're making this change and now you need to. And you are sitting there 
flooded with stress hormones, feeling overwhelmed, feeling like you can't think clearly, feeling like you are just up to your eyeballs in whatever the situation is. And sometimes this will come out, you know, in those kind of noticeable ways, but sometimes other things will happen to our bodies when we're at capacity. For example, I ran into a period uh, during a time of extreme burnout where suddenly I couldn't sleep. I was completely exhausted and I could not fall asleep to, to, for, for any, any length of time. And that was really a time when my body was getting my attention and saying, you actually cannot do anything more unless you start to pay attention to this. So it may be circumstances that are a little bit less extreme than that, where you were just feeling so overwhelmed, so confused, and just in this place of feeling like you cannot handle one more thing. And it's really important, whether it's your body or your brain sort of shutting you down in those moments to really pause in those places and really start to figure out for yourself or ask for help. I am not able to do these things. What do I need to do to be able to, you know, get out of this situation? So, you know, do you need rest? Do you need to ask for help? Do you need to take a break? Whatever that means. How are you going to be able to put yourself on a pathway where you are no longer sort of living chronically at that threshold, at that upper level of capacity? Um, You know, certainly we will all find times when we feel really overwhelmed or you know, maybe our stress levels are high and we're starting to get sick more often, you know, that's certainly a very normal cycle in life, but so many of us are living just under, or maybe just over their threshold. And we're not looking at that and trying to make changes. And certainly I understand that that's a very overwhelming place to be. And We don't often take good, effective actions from feeling overwhelmed, but the power here is really noticing that you're at your limit and deciding that you need to do something differently. Another place that I want to talk about with this idea of, I just can't is when it's coming up against your boundaries. And this is a little bit different from the threshold capacity issue. I'm thinking about this more when we are being asked to do something and there's some kind of compromise to our integrity. So, you know, kind of this, this anger, this frustration, um, you know, of feeling like, uh, um, you know, maybe it's a situation where you're being, uh, asked to take on, um, extra patients and, uh, you're just, you're feeling so angry and your teeth are, are, you know, gritted and, uh, you're, you're wanting to scream no, but feeling like, like you're not allowed to do that. And when our brain is 
you know, using this thought of I can't, and it's noticing this tension of, well, maybe I can do that. It's important to change the language there from not I can't, but more to I'm not willing. It's not okay with me to do whatever that thing is. And, you know, you could say, well, that's just a silly nuance to say, but it's different when we're thinking about something that is violating our integrity. The thing you are being asked to do may be possible. It may be a choice that some people would make, but that's a big difference for your brain than you saying that you are not willing to do that thing. And, you know, you think about when your brain wants to bump up against that, I, that belief of you can't do that thing, you may end up in a situation where it starts really, you know, kind of compromising your integrity. Well, I guess I could, well, maybe just this once. And, you know, it's trying to find a solution, but your higher self, you know, that self that's paying attention to your integrity is saying, no, 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 we don't do that. We don't act that way. And so you can see there will be this ongoing tension. But if you start to come at it from the position of, I'm not willing to do that thing. It's not okay with me to do that thing. And you're staying in your integrity, then the brain will no longer start to look for evidence of whether it's possible to do that thing. It's going to accept it in a different way. And yes, it is going to feel uncomfortable because you're probably going to end up disappointing someone. So for example, you know, a situation that comes up often in the medical clinics is, um, you know, being asked to take a walk-in patient and imagine a scenario where, you know, it's a day that you really need to leave at a certain time because there's some kind of event happening. And it's normally kind of tough for you to get out the door, but really today it's important to say you've, your kid's got a big soccer game or something and someone knocks on the door and they say, Hey, Mr. So-and-so is here. Can you just work them into your day? And when you are saying, I can't, you know, kind of between gritted teeth, then, you know, your brain's really kind of wrestling with that. Well, could you, yeah, maybe, but you know, Mr. So-and-so is a big talker and you've already got, you know, former patients to see and, oh, maybe you can be a little bit late and it, it starts negotiating. And that's not very helpful because it can happen again and again and again. And contrast that with you being clear on your boundaries and saying, no, I'm not willing to see Mr. So-and-so today. He'll need to schedule an appointment, or if it's truly an emergency, he'll need to do X, Y, and Z thing, you know, whether that's go to urgent care or, you know, somebody else, uh, perhaps see him. When you make that choice, yes, there is some discomfort, especially if you are used to people pleasing and accommodating other people, but you are not sitting in that place of allowing your brain to go down the rabbit hole of ways that maybe, maybe, maybe you could make it work. And then you end up, 
you know, being late and not being able to make it to your son's soccer tournament. And, you know, you've compromised uh, the values that you have been trying to live into. So that is our third scenario. And you may be asking, like, why does any of this matter? Why are we talking about I can't? And it matters because when you are in burnout or experiencing tough times, if I can't is coming up frequently in your internal dialogue, then you are in a lot of resistance about the situations that are going on. And for many of us, you know, especially if we are sort of used to hustling and hard work and people pleasing and, you know, trying to work ourselves harder and, you know, take care of all the people and prove our worth, then we will stay in resistance often, uh, you know, really until the point of harm. And, you know, if we believe that we can't exercise, you know, then we're not accessing the benefits of exercise for stress reduction and improved sleep and improved mood and, you know, improved cardiovascular health, right? It is harming us. If we're believing that, um, you know, we can't do something because we are at, you know, we are at that threshold, we are at capacity, um, but we're really kind of stuck in that place of, I can't, I can't, then we're probably either, you know, staying in that place of feeling like we just can't take one more thing and just kind of floating in that, in that soup, if you will, um, you know, or we are, are violating that we're not listening to that because we feel like we should push through and then, you know, of course the ante is up and, and our body is going to work harder to really shut us down, you know, whether that's making us sick, making it so we can't sleep, um, you know, so that we're having emotional outbursts. Um, sometimes this shows up as toxic behaviors in the workplace. Um, you know, we are, we are so sort of wrapped up in being at that threshold capacity. Um, maybe we're also just staying in a place of overwhelm, but we're not paying attention to it as a signal that we need to be doing something different. And then when we think about it from the boundaries perspective, you know, our brain, if it's believing that we can't do something, but then it's kind of working through it because, well, maybe I can do that and, you know, kind of compromising the integrity then, you know, we're often going to find ourselves not living into our values, not staying within that integrity, not being willing to say no to people, not being willing to take better care of ourselves and be clear on what's okay and what's not okay. And of course, that's kind of a toxic soup to live in as well. If we want to really be, you know, wholehearted and living in our authentic selves and taking good care of ourselves, boundaries are really important. They're really crucial to our well-being. So I hope that you can see that in many places in our life, especially if you're experiencing, you know, problems with burnout, when we are living in a place of, I can't, I can't, I can't. And, you know, when this comes up around our habits, you know, living at our threshold limits, um, you know, not having boundaries in place, there really is a lot of harm in sort of living in those beliefs of, I can't. And I hope that you can see that there is value in sort of working through those beliefs in not just believing 
the thoughts about, I can't, but really starting to question them and starting to figure out what is going on. So if your boundaries are being violated constantly and you're constantly, you know, sort of up against your integrity, maybe you need to get more clear on where those boundaries are and be willing to say on those days that you need to get out, uh, you know, after work and go to something important on those days, it is not okay for me to take on extra work. Um, you know, if you are living at, you know, kind of the threshold and you're not sleeping well and you're getting sick frequently and, you know, people get bladder infections because they're, you know, not drinking and then they're not peeing and all the things it's time to really pull yourself back and look at what's going on. Imagine what your life is like when you are not living in this constant soup of, I can't, I can't, I just can't, I can't. It's really helpful to be able to look at your thinking and all of these different areas that come up and to really get unstuck from the resistance, from the, you know, kind of constant frustration and irritability and overwhelm. And even if you aren't aware of those thoughts of, I can't, if any of this is ringing true for you, I can guarantee you that your brain is thinking, I can't, even if you're not consciously aware of it. And it's really powerful when you are starting to poke holes in that belief and figure out how do I change this situation? All right. That's what I have for you today. If this has been helpful for you, I would so appreciate it if you would share the episode with another person, if you would leave a rating um, and a review for us, uh, especially on iTunes, that helps other people to be able to find the podcast. And I'd love to hear from you. So please, of course, feel free to leave me any comments or send me an email at healthier for good at gmail.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Ending Physician Overwhelm. If you've learned something today or felt moved, please share this episode with a colleague and be sure to like and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode yourself. If you'd like to know more about me and my coaching practice, you can find more information at www.healthierforgood.com. Until next time, take care. That's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. To learn more about my coaching programs, head to www.healthierforgood.com. And if you love this podcast, please drop us a review on iTunes or support the show by clicking the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care.